Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am Christy and I'm here with my friend and co-host Brie. Hello. And we are here today to talk about Princess Aredi. No, sorry, fuck. I'm gonna fuck up her name. Is it? How is it <clears throat> pronounced? Because I don't... I cannot actually recall them calling her by her name in the movie. Yeah. She's just the princess. I, I had to I had to Google it. Okay. And it's and it's Arite. Arite? Arite. 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 Arite, yes. Okay. Princess Arite. Arite, yes. <clears throat> and we are here today to talk to you about Princess Arite, which is a two thousand and one film brought to us by director Sunel Katabuchi, who also wrote the screenplay for the film. Uh, Katabuchi's previous writing credits include Sherlock Hound, Black <gasps> Lagoon, and Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, delightful. Mm-hmm. Princess Arite is based off the 1983 novel The Clever Princess, which was written by English writer Diana Coles. The original 60-page book was intended as a feminist fairy tale, where Princess Arite is a fully active protagonist. Oh, so Interesting. We're we're getting back into recording with some some pretty decent ones like the princess and the popper the the here <laughs> the Barbie princess and the popper last time was was a good little film and this one's actually like pretty good as well I really like it's very different it's pretty strange but I enjoyed it. Yeah, this, um, so we kind of missed, uh, my birthday month due to the hiatus, but this was my pick for what, the movie that I wanted to make Brie watch for my (laughs) birthday. And a big reason for that is because this isn't a bad princess movie, and this also isn't, like, a weird princess movie. It's, which, you know, that's sometimes how I get around the rules of, uh, (laughs) making my friends watch these films, is that this isn't bad, but there's something entertaining to this. Um, with Princess Arite, it is a film that I have not yet been able to make my friends watch, because I feel like this isn't really a suitable film for a movie night. No. It's it's a lot more thoughtful and the tone is just it's not like it's not a fun silly movie to put on and it's not like a it's not a movie to watch with a group of friends unless you're all like introspective types. Yeah, it's a very just a very quiet very thoughtful slow film like it's not a lot really happens in this movie like there's a big stretch of time where i was like how long have we been at this point in the in the movie a long time Mm -hmm. not much is happening but it's good it's but it's Yeah. yeah it's definitely not a sort of like have a fun time, grab some snacks and your friends and watch the movie. It's more like a, I have some downtime and I feel like just watching a chill film kind of thing. Yeah, like I, especially uh, from what I have established for my movie nights, I think people would get the wrong impression oh, of yeah. this movie. Oh yeah. Like this is, this is not the movie, again, this is not a movie that you sit around with your friends who are expecting a funny film to dunk on. Yeah, this is a, I, I feel like having a quiet night where I just watch mm-hmm. a very relaxing film. 
Yeah. That, that's actually kind of how I came across this movie, is I remember years and years ago, I wasn't feeling good, so I was laying in bed with my laptop, like, just sitting on my chest. <laughs> um, as you do. And, as you do. Um, and I just went on to Netflix, and this movie popped up in my recommendations, and I, I don't remember, I don't remember if I was doing the Princess Movie Night stuff then, but... I was, you know, was curious. I wasn't about to move from my bed for the next couple of hours. <laughs> so I put the movie on and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Like it, there's, we'll kind of get into it more in the discussion, but Arite herself, I really like her character and the journey that she goes on. Yeah, I like her a lot. So I... I really, I really enjoy her. I, I feel like this was, this was a good movie to watch when you're sick. And I, th though that said, I, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I kind of got a little stressed out. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And I think a part of that, a big part of that was just worrying about, about Arite. Yeah. Like, is she, is she going to actually get out of this? Because for so such a long time in the movie she is trapped and helpless and it's it's just like oh my god like this poor girl is going through so much shit and yeah i was getting stressed out like is thing are things ever going to get better for her yeah um but thankfully they do and it's pretty triumphant when she actually she manages to to break through all obstacles and save herself and it kind of it, it 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 finally brings that emotional catharsis you need yeah. that that oh thank god like she's safe and she's living her best life yeah it's well and it's like she's she is in a situation in peril for a lot of the movie but it's not like an active peril it's a very passive like she is trapped in this situation and i don't know how she's going to get out like she's not actively in danger like nothing's mm -hmm. about to hurt her but she is trapped in a situation that you're just like oh god this sucks oh yeah. no it almost makes it worse in that way because yeah. she is in an active danger. You, it makes you feel like she could be trapped like this for forever. Yeah, like like something needs to happen to break her out of this, but it's such a like a static horror <laughs> that it's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, like who knows how long she's actually stuck like this in the middle of the film because like time kind of goes and you're just like it could have been a couple days it could have been ages like yeah. you don't know maybe weeks maybe months yeah it's hard, yeah it, it's hard to tell so it's yeah it's but it's really good and like it feels good when, like, she manages to break out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we perhaps go into what the, uh, the, how the movie goes? The, the light yes. speed? The synopsis? The near, yeah, the near ludicrous speed summary. Yes. Um, uh, before we get into the summary, I just want to mention that this episode will be a bit different in that we're going clipless for this one. 
Uh, normally we would uh, put some audio clips about the movie in both the summary and the discussion. Um, but uh, Ardite is a subtitled film. And based on our stats, the majority of our viewers are from North America. So I don't know how valuable the audio alone would be to our listeners. Um, not to mention, I don't have much familiarity with the Japanese language. So I don't feel like I'd be able to confidently edit down sentences into clip form, even if I was just to put the audio in. I'm pretty sure that I would probably end up just completely butchering it and it might be like not full sentences and anyways um oh that's fair yeah um so apologies for that so again we're going to be going clipless for this but if anything i hope it encourages people to seek out the film themselves so that you can view it with the subtitles and the japanese audio intact so here's a musical interlude <laughs> from some background music from the film yeah yeah yeah, yeah basically Thank you. And yes, yeah, so like with that, let's get into the summary of Princess Arite. In a medieval kingdom, we find Princess Arite, a young girl who longs to find a purpose of her own beyond just being a princess. Arite is fascinated by the magical artifacts locked up in the castle treasury, items that hail from a time when witches and wizards lived on Earth. Late one night, Arite is surprised to find a small girl has snuck into her room. The girl reveals she is a witch who, while disguised, lost her magic crystal, the source of her power and, more importantly, her immortal life. Upon hearing from Arute that her crystal is not among the artifacts in the treasury, the witch sadly turns to leave, saying, I'll age year from year the way I am now, and eventually I'll die. But it doesn't mean you'll die immediately, Arute says. There must be things you can do while you're alive. The witch asks, So you still believe there's some meaning to life? Of course I do, Arute replies. The next day, a mysterious man in a flying contraption arrives at the castle. Revealing himself to be a wizard named Box, he offers up a deal to the king and his advisors. Give him Arite's hand in marriage, and he'll form an alliance with them, while also taking the troublesome Arite out of their hands. At this point, it's discovered that Arite has tried to run away, but she is soon found and brought in front of the court. Arite explains that everybody has an identity, but I'm still nothing. By leaving, I was hoping to become something other than a princess. The king accuses Arite of being cursed. Box seemingly confirms that Arite is cursed, and he uses his magic to allegedly undo the curse. Arite is transformed into a young woman who is beautiful, graceful, and demure. That's what a princess should look like, one of the advisors exclaims. Box proposes marriage to Arite, and she accepts. Arete is prepared for marriage. One of her attendants turns out to be the witch she met earlier. She tells Arete that she cannot directly do anything for her, but she gives Arete a small ring. Just rub it and up to three wishes will come true. You can save yourself with that. Arete is married to Box. As the town cheers, Arete and Box depart in his flying machine. They fly to Box's home, which is revealed to be a crumbling, ruined castle in the middle of a dry desert village. There it is revealed that the box we met was a disguise. The real box, 
fearful of getting too close to Arute, stayed behind at the castle while sending his servant Grovel in his place. It went just as pre-programmed in the crystal, Bok says. Arute is then locked up in the dungeon. I'm here, I'm here, she thinks, but my mind won't work the way I want it to. The curse not only makes Arite look like a quote-unquote noble princess, but it compels her to act like one too. With that, Arite is compelled to rub the ring for her first wish, that her dungeon prison be redecorated, including a bed and chair for her to rest in while she awaits a man who will rescue her. Eventually, she spends her second wish on tools and materials with which she can use to embroider to pass the time. Once Arate is locked up, the real box explained to Gravel that the reason he imprisoned Arate was because his magic crystal prophesied that his immortal life would be shortened because of her. Now that Arate is locked up, Box is free to go back to his life of leisure, lounging around while occasionally trying and failing to repair magical artifacts. One day, Ample, Box's cook, introduces herself to Arate. Ample gives Arate some advice to pass the time. Make up a story in her mind, step by step, right from the beginning. With that, Ample leaves and Arate decides to try her hand at imagining a story. Arete thinks about a princess who was locked away in a tower and longed to see the outside world. One day, the princess met with a witch who asked her, You still believe there's some meaning to life? Suddenly, Arete remembers her former self responding, Of course I do. With that, Box's spell is broken, and Arete returns to her true self. She attempts to escape, only to overhear Box telling Gravel of his plan to send Arete out on an impossible quest on which she'll likely be killed. Using the embroidery supplies and the bedsheet she had wished for earlier, Arite is able to disguise herself as her still-cursed form, thanks in part to Box still refusing to come close enough to tell the difference. Box orders Arite to begin her quest, but before he leaves, he gives her one last order. Using your ring, swear as a noble princess you will not return without the treasure. Make just one step backwards and lightning will strike you. Still being watched, Arite is forced to make the wish. Once she is out of sight, Arite takes a few steps backwards, but nothing happens. Arite realizes that because she is no longer cursed to be a noble princess, the exact words of the oath don't apply to her. She revels in her momentary freedom before deciding that she wants to help out Ample's village. Disguised as Ample, Arite sneaks back into the castle. There she discovers the source of the water that Box is using to control the village, a small pebble that, when placed in a container, pours out an unlimited supply of water. Using increasingly larger and larger vessels, Arite is able to turn a small trickle of water into a rampaging river, which begins filling up the castle. Eventually, Box confronts Arite outside. Arite is not afraid, having realized that Box does not know how to cast magic. He can only use the magic artifacts that other witches and wizards left behind. Box confesses that this is true, that the world turned over when he was a small boy, before he could learn magic for himself. He angrily proclaims that the only thing he can do is change something into something else useless and trivial. With that, he changes his castle into the most insignificant thing ever, a large stone monument of himself. The stone monument eventually gives way, bursting at the seams from the buildup of water inside of it. Box is caught in the wave and loses his grip on his crystal, the source of his eternal life, and it is swept away in the rush of water. With that, an unlimited source of water spreads over the desert. Time passes, and the desert is now a field of lush green grass. 
The now harmless box spends his day digging on hands and knees through the ground, attempting to find his missing crystal. Arute encourages Box to let go of his self-loathing and appreciate the everyday magic that lies in the heart of every person. With that, Arute bids Ample farewell, and she leaves the village, off to see the world and experience everything it has to offer her. The end. The end. It, it's, it's such a slow-moving film, but a lot does happen, but it doesn't feel like a lot happens. Yeah, I, I had a tricky time trying to summarize this one because for the amount of time spent where we are kind of just watching characters, uh, usually Arite in her prison and Vox literally just lying around, for the amount of time we see that, there's also a lot of stuff that is being set up and eventually paid off. So it was hard to do the summary because it's like the stuff that does happen is very crucial yeah. to the plot of the movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's there's so many little things and little character moments that you don't want to sweep past. But they're so like they happen in between all this sort of like space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even the the stuff with Box oh. and how he he's afraid to come anywhere near Arite, and so he sends his his little henchman Gravel, who is a toad that he was able to transform into a human. Yeah, he turned um, he turned a toad into a person so that he wouldn't be so lonely. Mm-hmm. Not that he like admits that to anyone except apparently no, no, no. to Gravel, who figured it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Box sends Grovel to go in and collect Arite and then bring her back, but he is always avoiding her. He does not want to come anywhere near this little girl because he is so afraid of her just because the, the crystal prophesied some vagary about how she would be the, the undoing of his immortal life. And... That th that setup where he, he has to send his henchmen to go get her, he never comes anywhere near her, that pays off when she has broken the spell and dresses herself up like her older cursed form. But Box, because he is so afraid of her, like her, her disguise is pretty flimsy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like... She, she can't even make, because one of the things is, like, when he transforms her, she's got, like, a full-length, like, white dress. Um, and when she turns back, that disappears, and she's back to just her normal sort of, like, just a regular kind of dress. Uh, mm -hmm. But, like, the dress that she makes for herself or her disguise isn't even a full dress. It's just, like, the front part, because then she covers the back with, like, a cloak. Yeah, like, it's and it's not all... a good... Yeah. It's, it's not a good disguise. It's all patchwork. Uh, like, you could see the seams together. Um, her cursed form is also, like, maybe a foot taller yeah. than <laughs> her uncursed form. So she actually, like, she makes, like, little, like, like stilt shoes for herself. And had Box just come close to her, been willing to come close to her, he probably would have seen through it immediately. Yeah, but... 
because he's so so scared of this thing. He's like, nope. I'll just Don't- view from a distance. Yeah. Always, always uh, from a distance. Um, Box is such a weird character. Because he is, throughout the film, he's like, he's this old man. And he's been alive for, like, he's a wizard who apparently all of the witches and wizards had uh, the ability to live forever via the source of their magic, which is like a catalyst of some sort. Um, But it's revealed at the end of the film that he was he was young when the rest of the like the world turned over whatever happened that caused most of the rest of the the people who yeah were magic to either leave or or die or whatever happened and you can you can tell throughout the film looking back now that it's like this dude never grew up like he's over a thousand <laughs> years old but he's still a little boy who can't take care of his his castle he can't cook for himself he just lives mm-hmm. in squalor waiting for people to come back for him yeah that is that is it exactly and it is something that y- y- it's so interesting to me to rewatch this film because once you get that reveal where he even like they they really hammer it home by having box even demonstrate like he uses he's able to use his crystal to show Arute what he looked like as a young boy when, I guess, yeah, the rest of the witch and wizard society seemingly disappeared or died. And, or went to space. Or maybe went to space. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's that, that's it exactly. He, he might have matured physically from that, but mentally he is still that little boy and it's, I don't know, it's, again, when you're rewatching the film and when you're seeing how he acts, it tracks so well to that, once you understand that. Yeah. You know, it just, he, like he said, he lays about all day. Even, like, how he eats his food, he's so slovenly with it. Yeah, he's just, he's a slob. He's a, he's a slobby little boy. He's a child. Mm-hmm. That just never grew up. Yeah, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, because he's still like desperately waiting for all the other like magic folk to return and come get him. Hmm. And yeah, so it's... he just clings to this power and this like I'm a wizard. Yeah, he it's it's kind of like he it, part of it I'm sure is bravado. Oh, like yeah. he knows that by by claiming to be this great and powerful wizard obviously you could scare people into doing shit for you. Um but at the same time it seems like he is very much ashamed of the fact that he doesn't know how to do magic and that there's nobody around to teach him how to do it. Yeah. Cuz like he the the crystal that he uses has some sort of vaguely like he says it's like all I can do is change something into something like worse. Mhm. And but it also gave him a prophecy and it's also a computer. <laughs> yeah, it it talks with a computer voice. It's got a computer um, voice. It's it's pre-programmed for things. 
we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> so it's kind of got these sort of ill-defined powers, but he can't just like cast a spell. He can't do yeah. magic on his own. Yeah, because there's I so there's a few points where Gravel kind of starts needling him, uh, you know, particularly over food because Box has ample come from the village to prepare food for them every day, and so Gravel kind of needles him like, oh, like why don't you why don't you just make us some like awesome food? Why do we have to eat this lame peasant food? And and. Box always tries to like sidestep it, like like basically like it, saying that oh, Gravel's not worth it. It's not worth the magic. Yeah, but it's always this way of deflecting that he he can't control it. Yeah. Like there's just so much shit that he he just doesn't know how to do. Yeah, and he doesn't even want to try. Yeah. Well, and I guess like. Because there are other witches and wizards and stuff, so I'm wondering if he was just, like, he never sought them out. He's just been waiting. Because, like, you you meet mm-hmm. at the very beginning the little the little girl who has, who is actually, a, like, an ancient witch. Mm-hmm. So she's been out there doing stuff, but I guess yeah. they, their paths just never crossed. Yeah, they never... They don't really go into what specifically happened to the witches and wizards, just that whatever it was, the majority of them are presumed to be extinct. Uh, But yeah, it does seem like there's at least a scant few that are out there wandering, but I guess they're just so... There's so few of them now that... uh, Yeah, I guess they just never cross paths with each other. or. Well, because um, even even for Box, like he's probably been because when uh, Arita is talking to Ample, she's like, "Yeah, he, we've had this deal with him. Like he gave water to our village in exchange for someone making dinner for him every day, uh, and that was when my grandma was little. So that's been at least like a while." Yeah, yeah. So who knows? how long what who knows what he was doing before he came to ample's village but at least for the last i don't know may, maybe let's say 50 years um actually no it would be like more than 80. that probably more yeah Almost 80 years because yeah because ample's ample's grandma was a very little girl when he first came by yeah so he has just presumably been waiting at this castle for all for that time at least yeah I I do kind of like how they have ba- the, both Box and Arite in her cursed form. They kind of have the same problem in that they're both shown fruitlessly waiting for salvation that is not coming. Yeah. Um. So so of course, cursed Arite is is she says she she flat out says that she she'll just wait for rescue from a, a brave knight, and as you said, Box believes that the other witches and wizards are out in space and will one day return to earth and reunite with him yeah Uh, and so box is yeah so box is convinced that his people survived because they they had the ability to travel into space so um so again he just he just assumes they're up there and i guess biding their time 
before they return to Earth, which is why his immortal life is so important to him. He thinks that if he can just wait it out, eventually they'll show up again. Um, mm -hmm. But there's this moment in the film where a meteor shower happens and Box and Grovel are watching it. And Box explains that the meteorite was actually a artificial moon that he and his friends put up uh, in space one day, and now it's falling back to Earth. And he ends up getting really angry because the meteorite falling kind of suggests that there's no sorcerers up in space, because if there were, wouldn't one of them have fixed it before it fell out of orbit? Yeah. And, and so it's just like, it's it's one of those little things that it kind of confronts him, the reality that, again, he's he's kind of waiting for nothing. Um, and at one point, he ends up, so Box ends up talking to the cursed Arite in prison, and he, he questions her. Do you really believe you'll be rescued? Not one of your precious knights have ever visited this castle. So what are you waiting for? It's stupid. And... The cursed Arite responds with, The fact that they don't come means that I won't lose hope. I'll pass the time doing embroidery. And so Box ends up, he's, he storms off and he... It, it's just kind of wonderful because he's getting... He's basically getting mad at himself. Yeah. You know, deep down, surely he must know that it's stupid that he's just sitting around waiting for people to come. Just like how cursed Arete sitting around doing embroidery is also just kind of fruitless and stupid. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, look, it's it's, it's getting mad at a mirror, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love that. It's really good. And, oh, and poor Arete. Arete. Arete? Arietti. No, wrong movie. <laughs> I know that's what I always want to default to, as well. Apologies for our pronunciation. Yeah, we're, anyone. It, we're the, we're going to be bouncing all over pronouncing this name because again, yeah. it's not really said in the movie. She's no. just referred to as the princess. Yeah, there's only there's literally I can only recall the one moment where Box is explaining to Grovel the prophecy, and that is the only time I can remember anybody ever saying her name, and it goes by really fast. Yeah, and yeah, so we please excuse any mispronunciations. Yeah, but so the 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 sort of curse that we were talking about for her mm -hmm. the the like slow horror is that when when this curse is cast upon her it's essentially sort of like it turns her into an air quotes like perfect princess but you can tell that she's still in there like she's yeah. trying desperately because she's like i'm here i'm here i can't but i can't think like i can't like there's I I don't want to be doing this. I should be doing something else. I'm here, but I can't get my mind to work. And it's just like, that's horrible. <laughs> like, that is a nightmare. Yeah. She, she's, she's basically out of control of her body. Yeah, she's and... just trapped in her own body and mind, sitting yeah. in this dungeon doing embroidery. When When Ample comes to talk to her... Uh, Ample brings Arite food, and 
Ample is is telling Arite the story of the village and the history of Box, and Arite thinks to herself, like, I need to pay attention to this woman. I want to think and hear what she has to say, but her body is just kind of going through the motions of being the the noble princess, and she picks up her food and starts eating it, and she's her body is basically ignoring Ample, while Arite's mind is like, no, please concentrate. I want to hear everything this woman is saying. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it is like horrifying to mm. think of. Just, ugh. And especially because from what we had seen earlier of the character. Yeah. She, she was such a free thinker and she was very active in you know, like fulfilling her own desires like so we we are presented to to Rite. she is a young princess who i don't know if she has been forcibly locked in the tower or if she just chooses to remain there but for whatever reason she primarily she spends all of her time in the tower but she sneaks out into the town and kind of around the castle with these like little hidden passageways and she is going out into the world as as far as she possibly can to kind of get a glimpse of the life of everyday people. Um, so we see her, she's going around town and she's witnessing these various tradespeople and apprentices and she sees them and she feels so envious for their ability to create and to do things. Um, like she, she talks about, uh, she talks about it as though it's magic. Yeah. And kind of compares it to the magic of the witches and wizards. And she says, It may be different from a real witch's, but people's hands also have something resembling magic. Is it true of my hands as well? So she she longs for knowledge and experience and being able to do these things herself. Yeah. Which I love so. I think I relate to her so much to be envious of the skills of others and that desire for knowledge. Mm-hmm. and And also knowing the feeling of being able to create something with your own two hands, it is, it is, it does feel like magic. Yeah. Well, if y'all want to see the things that Christy makes, you should plug your uh, Instagram, Christy, because Christy also oh. makes incredible props and uh, movie items. I like, just, I like just to, saying. I like to make things. Uh, KO makes things on Instagram. I make things. <laughs> Christy makes magical things. I see the things you make and I'm like, oh shit. Like, that's amazing. Like, you've just made this with your hands. So I'm a witch. You're like magic. No, but seriously. I, like, I... I, I yeah. That's such a... Because a, a, even when she's sitting in her, her room in this tower in the castle, she's like, the witches and wizards are gone, but we... Like, people built this castle. Someone built the table I'm sitting at. Like... People mm-hmm. make things. Everyone yeah. has that inside them. Like the desire to create and make things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she one, another quote I have from her is, you know, in reference to the things that the witches and wizards made, these splendid magical artifacts, she says, the techniques, the techniques used were splendid, but what excites me more is thinking about the potential of the people that made them. It's just... It's not even the things that are created, yeah. but that that power of people to create. That that people made things for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And she 
she is so wonderful. It's I love seeing that expressed through a character. And that makes it so much harder when she gets cursed and when it's just, she can't do that. She can't, she's not expressing these wonderful thoughts. She's not thinking this. She's not going out as much as she can to, you know, see the tradespeople. She is just stuck in a chair yeah. and she sits there and she's waiting. Yeah. Because, ah, oh, it's just, she's such an interesting character. And just like the way that she feels, because she also spends a bunch of time when she's not sneaking out to go see people. She'll like look down at all the people and she like, cause I've had those, those instances when I was like driving in a car with someone and you drive past people's homes and you're like, someone lives there. Someone lives mm -hmm. there and lives their whole life and has friends and family and, and things that they do. And, like, every single house you pass has some people inside it who are living their own lives. And that's what she's doing up in her tower. She's looking down at all the houses and buildings surrounding her castle. And she's like, every, every roof has someone under it living their life. Mm-hmm. And they are the hero of their own story. Yeah. I'm like, that is a thought that I have thought to myself for sure many times. Just, like, traveling... A and like looking around and being like there's someone in those houses there's some all all the people you pass on the street mm -hmm. it's yeah it's there's so good there's i there's been times that i've been at the grocery store and something you know something has happened in my life and it's a big thing it's a big deal to me but the other people in the store, they have no idea. No. And it's it's just kind of this weird thing to like be walking around the store, getting your groceries, and it's just like, nobody else here knows my life. Everybody has their own life, and I am not an important part in it. I am just the other person in the store getting groceries. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a, like, it's such a, 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 personal but like wild thing to think about yeah and to have that sort of expressed by the character in the film it's just like oh that's really that's really cool i really like that Ugh. Ugh. man I... that's a good film <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you like this one because this is so again, you I have not shown this to my viewing group. So you are the first one of my oh. friends to see this movie. So I was a little afraid of of like, oh, like is Brie gonna like this one? Or is this one of those movies that only I get into for some reason? Well it's and I think talking about it after is making me like it even more. Cause I like when I was watching them, like this is really like I'm enjoying it, but it's it's a little slow and it's a little you know, it takes its time. There's not a lot of sort of big moments to grab onto. But talking about it after, I think, is really helping to even yeah. make me like it even more. Because it's, you think about all the stuff that the movie says. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it really is a film of little moments. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, like you said, it's, it's so introspective. Like, you just kind of have to s you watch it and then sit and think. Yeah, you just sort of have to sit with it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I kind of want to talk about uh, these suitors. Oh, 
God. So getting out of the way first before we start, Mm -hmm. just quickly, I know that marrying off like 12 to 14 year old girls to much older men was just a thing that happened. Still weird, still gross. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. So uh, a significant scene in the movie that I skipped over in the summary is that uh, Arite has to deal with these unwanted suitors so the king has set up this quest where eligible men were to find and bring him these magical artifacts in exchange for a chance to win Arite's hand so the knights have gone on their quests and returned with treasures but a few of the knights decide they want to try and win over Arite directly by climbing the tower to her room and sneaking inside (laughs) and so yeah, we have, uh, I, I mostly want to focus on the first knight, because he is, like, yeah. the one that's, like, the creepiest. Delore. Ha- yeah. So he he shows up, and first off, I it, you know, right off the bat, because Arite has spent most of her life locked away in the tower, these knights have no idea who she is. Uh, so Arite has to tell him that he that she is the princess because he he doesn't recognize her. Yeah. He asks her, like, you know, where's the princess? And once she does name herself as princess, immediately he starts laying it on so thick and talking about how my feelings for you have been growing ever stronger, which is so uncomfortable uh. given that number one, she is very young and he is much older. Uh, number two, he is he just snuck into her room without any kind of permission and it's just like launching into this this bullshit and number three it's it's so transparent that it's just it is just bullshit yeah like you you don't you didn't even know who she was you couldn't have you couldn't even recognize her and yet you're trying to pretend that you have such strong feelings for her yeah it's it's gross and so transparent and just ugh no good he he ends up he talks about uh he like he in in his attempts to woo over uh arute he starts talking about uh about his journey and specifically he goes into the story about how he uh there was a monster that he came across with things like bat wings flapping on both sides of its head and something like a huge snake on its face wriggling weirdly so he talks about how he killed this monster, and then, as he says, a tribe of barbarians tried to attack him, so he killed them and then found a temple, found the treasure, and then left. And what's great is that Arite immediately sees through this shit, and she tells him, uh, like, she recognizes that he killed an elephant, yeah. and she tells him that they are peaceful creatures, and they can be tamed, and... She figures that the men that he killed probably just wanted to catch the man who killed their pet, ransacked their temple, and and stole the treasure that they worshipped. And so she tells him that everybody should consider other people's feelings, even just a little. Yeah. And and she she ends up... (laughs) She ends up just flat out telling him that him doing this shit in her name bugs the shit out of her yeah she's like i i hate this actually like he's like but it was all for you she's like yeah i hate that yeah (laughs) i don't like that fucking sucks and i 
And the scene is so interesting because Arite is, like, she is clearly uncomfortable. And she is sheepish about what she is saying to this guy. But at the same time, she is still saying it. And there is such a lovely strength to that, you know? Like, the fact that even though she is uncomfortable, she's still saying it. She's still telling this dude that, like, what you did was shitty, and I don't want you associating it with me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just... She's like, hey, maybe consider other people and don't do this horse shit and say it's for me. Yeah. It's it's interesting because... So she, she calls him out on that, yeah. and then we end up... We see a brief <laughs> the other flashback... Well, there's, oh, oh, there's oh right, that, no, yeah, the, the the really brief flashback. Yeah, so we it's see so um, telling. So we see him, the little flashback. He very cowardly is fleeing from the elephant and the the so called barbarians. So it was that that whole story was presumably just complete bravado. Yeah, and I guess he must have just like snuck in, stole the treasure, and then ran with his pants around his ankles fleeing in terror yeah because he has he has something in his hand like he has the the treasure in his hand and he's like running away from the people and the elephant and you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay so cool you didn't actually kill them but you were lying about murdering them to make yourself seem super cool great yes super cool and he he ends up he lets out this quiet little shit yeah which I I would like to think that it's him thinking, oh shit, she's right, I am a big jerk. But yeah, it probably is, oh shit, I blew my chance with the princess. Yeah, Because there there was a, at one point in the conversation where Arite gets him to look out over the, the, the through her window to see the townspeople. And like, like you said earlier, she, when she looks out there, she thinks... Of these people and how they all have their individual lives and how each person is so significant in their own lives. And yet, I, and so she, I think she tries to push him to look out the window to kind of like, I don't know, I guess maybe get a read on him. Like, what yeah. do you feel? What do you see when you look out? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, cool, a bunch of stuff that can be mine. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait until I'm king. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, you ju- you really just want to be rule and be king, and he's like, well, I was born a man, and you're like, all right, <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself, fuck off, yeah, get out of here, oh, yeah, but yeah, he uh, he gets called out by Arite, and then he uh, he leaves, and then he immediately after <laughs> <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> The other guy shows up, and, like, thankfully this one's a bit more comedic in tone. It's still, like, creepy and uncomfortable, but the second knight shows up at uh, Arite's window. Like, the other window. So, like, the one guy's going down, (laughs) like, the other one's coming up at the same time. And he just, he kind of just dangles uh, from outside the window, and he, like, knocks, and Arite kind of opens it. He just starts spouting, spouting these these bullshits about about her and how much he loves her. That she just kind of closes it. Well, he's like, <laughs> "I have brought you this rose from from Africa, where I was journeying," and like holds out this rose to her, and she's like, "That's a fucking rose from my garden." Yeah, and just shuts the window. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
like, but, but you know, you have to embellish on real life. Please, yeah. you, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'll tell you the truth now. And she's just like, nah. Yeah, just, <laughs> just <close>. go. <laughs> oh, so good. So yeah, she's, she's such a, she's such a good character. I love her. I, the, the other person I really love, um, is Ample. Ample! Oh. So, Ample, so I said, she, she's a woman from the nearby village who, uh, has been tasked with cooking food for Box. Um, so Ample's grandmother originally did it, but then her grandmother passed away, and so it's kind of fallen to Ample to take up the role. Um, and Ample herself, she is this take-no-shit kind of person. So she she is dutiful in fulfilling the deal that the village has made with Box, but she also can't stand him. And yeah. it's it's great because... So generally, it was always Grovel bringing Arite her food, but... Uh, one day he was busy, and so Ample is given that task to do it instead. So Ample shows up to the the window, which has like a bar on it that uh, she's delivering the food through, and she introduces herself to Rite, and immediately yeah. she starts trying to fucking bust her out. Yeah, she's like the she lowers the food down, introduces herself, picks up a rock, and starts smashing it against the bar. Like yeah. She's still talking. She's still chatting while she's doing it, but she's like, "No, I'm like I'm going to bust down this bar for you. I'm trying yeah. to trying to get you out of here." And it and it feels like this to me at least, it feels like this is this is the first opportunity that that Ample has had to get anywhere close to Arite. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it seems like Gravel was always the one doing the shit before. And and it's just it's so wonderful to me that all she seems, to, all she probably knows about Arite is that she's being held prisoner, and that's all that Ample needs to know. Yeah, and 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 just immediately starts trying to bust her the fuck out. Yeah, and 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 especially too because at this point in time the villagers don't know that Box can't do real magic, so she is trying to free Arite instead in in spite of the fact that it might piss off this all powerful wizard. Yeah. She's just like, no, I see you. You're you're trapped in there. I'm gonna try and get you out. And when she can't, she's like, well, here's what I do when I'm stuck in a situation that I I can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Like this is sort of what I do. I don't like you. Don't have to listen to me, but you know, maybe this will help you. Yeah, and and specifically, she says that she gives that advice. Uh, to Arite, but she also says, I hope I can get you out of there soon. So yeah. this isn't her giving up, it's her saying, okay, I can't get you out today, but in the meantime, here's what you could do to pass the time and I will get you out of there soon. So use this as a way to keep yourself sane while I figure, while I work on getting you out. Yeah, like she's just like, I couldn't do it now, but I'm gonna try and figure out a way. Mm-hmm. You're like shit. Hell yeah, ample. Yeah. She also, I I should point out too. So the whole the whole thing with her her servitude to 
a box. She's also, she wants, she has a plan for that as well. Um, she ends up, she tells uh, Arute through the conversation that she has with her that Ample wants to dig a well specifically because she wants to make sure that her children won't have to be burdened with having to serve box, that they'll have the, the freedom to choose what they want to do with their lives. You know, yeah. it's it, it's one thing if she has accepted the role of cooking for Box, but she'll be damned if her kids have to do that. Yeah. Like, and I think Grovel interrupts them and is like, you're going to build a well? Like, that's that's stupid. You won't find any water. And she's like, well, I'm going to try anyway. Like, I've, yeah. even if it's nothing, I got to try something. Yeah, it's it's great because... Just the fact that she wants to try, like, that's more than Box has ever done. Yeah. Like, she she is also trapped in a situation, but she's like, I gotta try things to get me out of here. Because even mm -hmm. when she's trying to break Arate out, she's like, have you tried that door down there? And Arate's like, I haven't even tried. I haven't even gone near that door. Because she's under mm -hmm. a curse. And so, it's like, neither of them are trying. But here's here's ample, and she's like, I, I, it might be futile, but I'm gonna try anyway. Like I, yeah. I've got to try. Yeah, and it's just, I think, I, I think in universe as as well, uh, ample is a very inspiring person because we see through her conversation with Arite, there's kind of this moment where it's almost like the curse maybe starts to crack a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So after Ample says, I hope I can get you out of there soon, uh, Arite kind of has like a little moment where she's kind of distressed and she, she, she says, something is filling my mind and she just kind of grimaces a little bit. And it's almost like her real self is like trying to get out. Um, like... It, it, because at, at one point, Irite had thought, um, she says, I, I want to talk with this woman, saying what I really think. And she repeats that, that mantra of, I'm here, I'm here. Um, but, so, uh, Irite, she says something's filling my mind, and she kind of grimaces. But then it kind of passes, and she's back to the, the docile, cursed form. Yeah. And... And she kind of excuses it as as oh I guess I was I'm just bored yeah and and that's when that's when Ample gives her the advice about making up the story, but it's just it's I think it's just hearing hearing somebody else in the face of adversity talking about how they're not going to give up how they want a better life for their kids and how they are going to take every action they can to get that it just seems like that almost brought Arite out of it. Yeah. It's just like... just came so close. Yeah, so close. And it's... I do like how... So, Ar Ar Arite, when she breaks the curse, she kind of wills herself out of it, which I really like, but credit where credit is due, I mean... Ample is the one that gave her that advice yeah. to make up the story and to kind of give her the tool to free herself. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Ample. Good job, Ample. Hell yeah. You, you did it. I, I like at the end too where um, 
So when Arite is, is she's freed from the curse and she decides to go back to the village, she runs into Ample and we don't really see their conversation happen, but presumably Arite kind of fills Ample in on, hey, um, so I was the cursed princess in the, in the dungeon. Can I borrow your clothes so I could go sneak into the castle? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go find out how he has all this water. Like, I'm gonna go get the, the, the spell book that he took from me. <laughs> I'm gonna sneak in there. Yeah. And, and so the next time we see Ample, um, Box wanders outside and Ample is out in the <laughs> desert and she's started to dig her well and she basically tells, basically tells Box to fuck off. Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll get rid of, I'll, if you don't come cook for me right now, I'm gonna fucking take away your water. She's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm building a well here. Get the fuck yeah. out of my face. I love it. It's just like, I guess, I think presumably whatever Arite said to her off screen, it was like the last straw. It's like, no, fuck it. My will digging starts today. Yeah. Just, I was actually cursed down there. I couldn't do anything. Your, but your advice helped me break from the curse. But like, shit, you were cursed? Oh my God. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. it. That's it. I'm building yeah. a well right now. We got to get this this wizard out of here. Yeah. Fuck this fuck that shit. guy. God. Do do we want to talk about the whole the magic slash technology thing? <laughs> but I so because of the pacing of this film, I don't really have a lot of notes. But the last two oh. are definitely in all caps, and it's holy shit! Is the staff a computer? And is this the post apocalypse? Because <laughs> the magic is also technology. Yeah, it's. The only thing that I could compare it to is He-Man, you know? Oh, yeah. Where they're, like, kind of medieval times, but also everybody has flying cars and shit. But there's magic yeah. also. Yeah, like, there is magic. But also, yeah. the staff goes beep boop. Yeah. Running program. And then you see the, the space, the wizards and the witches going off to space in a spaceship. <laughs> Yeah, they can travel to space. And like, uh, so Box's flying machine is kind of this yeah. uh, Da Vinci-esque uh, so helicopter cool. look. At yeah, yeah, it's it's great. But it's also, it's filled with these little gold circuitry. Yeah. And it breaks because a bit of the circuitry gets disconnected. And yeah, so it's like, it's magic, but it's also... Again, it's also technology. Yeah. It's kind of great. It's really cool. I like it a lot. And it's there's also this element, too, where um, when Irite is talking to the little witch girl, um, so there's a genetic component to being a witch or wizard. Uh, oh, as right. The yeah, there's like it. genes. They talk about genes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, as, as the witch puts it, their magic crystals are catalysts that simply amplify amplify the ability artificially embedded in the gene. So already, Arite er, <laughs> as a mortal would not be able to create magic, but it does seem like there are certain magic items like the ring or the water-producing pebble that don't require the magic gene for them to function. They just... They're just they, they, made. Yeah. 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 And and apparently the, the Arete's... Arete's... Apparently Arete's kingdom... Um, 
their finances are based primarily on the acquisition and sale of these magic items. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Um, like, there's there's kind of this big to-do about how... So, the, so yeah, the king has tasked uh, the suitors into bringing him magic artifacts that they then put away in the castle treasury. And there's all this talk about uh, there's a salesman that comes to the castle every month to buy off these items. And one of the advisors talks about how the quest to marry off Arute will make sure the kingdom will flourish and, and quote, prevent the citizens from starving. And that it's all thanks to the power of the royal family. Um... And it's kind of interesting because in the conversation um, with one of the knights uh, who creeps into her bedroom, uh, Arite uh, kind of realizes that the king plans to send these suitors out again on another expedition mm-hmm. uh, under the guise of narrowing down who should marry her. But Arite herself figures that it's likely just a plot to get more magical items for the castle treasury and that the suitors are being used just as much as she is being used. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird system (laughs) to base your entire kingdom's finances on on the acquisition and sale of Magitech yeah, from a thousand years ago. <laughs> especially because some of the items they bring back, there's like, so there's a little orb that's basically a music box. Yeah. Just, just it's just a music plays box. Plays music. Yeah. It, it's just a music box, plays music. Um, and then another guy has like a treasure chest. I love the little alive. treasure chest. It's very cute. Yeah, it is cute. It's a little magical treasure chest that sort of walks around like a dog. Yeah, but it it does make me wonder, like, uh, what do you use that for? What do you use that for? (gasps) They kind of just locked him up in a box. I hope he's not. Oh, poor little dude. Um, trying to think what what there is a third one that I'm completely forgetting. It's like a it's like a weird lava lamp that creates like ephemeral apples. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it just like it doesn't the love do of- anything. This is like a <laughs> weird apple level lamp. <laughs> it's like that's the shit they're selling. Like, who's buying this? <laughs> Who knows? Oh god. But yeah, it's. I don't know. I just I love I love this magic technology thing. I. Love the idea of there being witches that fly off into space on their spaceships. <laughs> space wizards. God. Space witches. Oh, but I, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no answers to be had. No, I, I, on that note, I had kind of been hoping to track down a copy of the original book. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that was the the clever princess by Diana Coles. Um, I couldn't find one, unfortunately, and I was Aww. a little mad because I I would be very curious to know how different the film is from the book. Because um, based on an article I found uh, on a website called All the Anime. Um, Cole said of the film, the film company took an option on the rights to use the story, but did nothing with them for ages. Hmm. Eventually, they informed me by post that they were going to make a film and sent me all the money that had been agreed. 
They didn't send me a copy of the film, which I was sorry about. I have had no communication with them since their payment for taking the option. So basically, she, yeah. Basically, she had no involvement in the film whatsoever. Zero. And, yeah, and according to uh, the article, which at the time was dated to 2017, uh, she had not yet seen the final film. Wow. Yeah, huh. so I, if I ever if I ever do trek on a copy of it, and maybe it's out of print or something, I'm not sure. It might um, be, yeah. Apparently, though, it did really well in Japan, and that's kind of why this movie was made, is that it just, uh, yeah, it huh. just was a big seller there. That's cool! <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good little story. I can see why. Mm-hmm. I'd been, I would also be interested. Oh, I sh- I guess I should know actually the movie itself. Um, so we watched this. Uh, this is a DVD that I have, and I believe this is so. This is a Region Two DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, last I checked, you can't get a Region One version of this DVD. So that's a version that would be playable in DVD players from North America because <laughs> these things are region locked and. It is kind of a shame because it's not it's not on Netflix anymore, at least Canadian Netflix. Um, so this is one of those movies that it's kind of hard to track down. And it is sad because it is a decent little film. Yeah. That said. You, that said. That said. You did uh, locate a version. Y- yes. Yeah, so at least at the time that we are recording this podcast... Somebody has uploaded a copy of the film with uh, subtitles onto YouTube. Um, the th- so that kind of makes it, you know, easy to access uh, for people who want to check out this film, albeit in illegal manner. So just a heads up that who knows if that version will remain on YouTube. Yeah. Eventually these things tend to get taken down. Um, but that said... Um, I noticed while checking, I noticed while checking out that video that the subtitles are actually pretty different between the YouTube video and the DVD that I have. Um, so for example, the scene where Box enters the throne room to make the bargain with the advisors. In the DVD version, the subtitles say, The princess in this castle is very clever, or rather, very wise. I doubt that she'd ever be controlled by any of you. While in the version on YouTube, the subtitles have Box say, The princess of this castle has a wicked mind. She will never become the sheath you desire. Which has a very different tone to it. Yeah. Especially that sheath bit. Yeah. That's a little... That's a little hmm. different in the implication there. Um... Interesting. Yeah. There's there's other stuff too. Like I, I mentioned um so what Arute says when Box comes to her asking her, you know, telling her about how nobody's coming to save her. Um the DVD says the fact that they don't come means I won't lose hope. I'll pass the time doing embroidery. What are you going to do? While the YouTube version says, if they aren't coming, then must I remain here forever? I will spend that long time sewing. What will you do? So it's kind of a different, again, it's like a different It's a different tone. tone. Yeah. Huh. And even, um, 
the so when box has cast has gotten arete to cast the spell on herself as uh, that lightning will strike her if she takes a step back the once again the dvd version has the following explanation for why the uh, curse didn't work uh, so arete says ordering me as a noble princess he used the wrong recipe to stir up that magic while the youtube version says noble princess he had me cast it on the wrong person interesting and and that one there i found particularly interesting because i'll admit i i was a little confused yeah. by the dvd version as to why the spell didn't work that he used the wrong recipe to stir up that magic felt like a weird f- turn of phrase that I, I couldn't quite parse but yeah it was her saying highlighting that he had me cast it on the wrong person from the YouTube version, that makes it a bit more clearer that the cursed Arete is, like, a different different person. Yeah. And that that's why it didn't work. Yeah. It's... it's there were things, definitely, when I was watching this version, because I was watching the, the DVD version, um, mm-hmm. that felt like... And if you, if you like me, have been watching anime for a couple decades. It it felt like an old translation. So maybe this was just... Because it, it, it was almost too literal at points. Like, it didn't get too... Yeah. Because a lot of times now, when you watch, like, a modern... A more modern uh, subtitling of a show... Um, they won't do it so literal. They'll really take into account the sort of meanings behind phrases and and the feeling and what what was meant in the original versus what the 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 direct translation was. Whereas this one felt like an older version that that really sort of tried to mm-hmm. to interpret it as closely as possible, literally to what they were saying. So I'm wondering if maybe the version on YouTube is just a more, maybe a more recent subtitling yeah. where they they were a little less literal about it. Yeah, that would make sense. I did end up, I tried to ask the person who had uploaded the uh, the YouTube version if they knew where the subtitles came from. Unfortunately, they they themselves had downloaded uh, the movie from a previous YouTube upload uh. that had been taken down, so they didn't know. Yeah, I. it does feel like... Or it could be just a different, not even more recent, but just a different way that someone translated something. Yeah. So it could just the, be a different company or... Yeah, like the, the DVD version that I have, uh, well, it has, on the back it has... Uh, like contact information for all the anime.com and it says this uh, edition is presented by anime limited 2018 huh but yeah so I don't know where this this at least as far as I can tell this is like the only version of the movie that has been released on DVD there is a Blu-ray version, but it's still, it's produced by, it, it was put out by the same company, by the looks of it. Huh. Because it feels like, because this is, 
Because what year was this out? This So the movie was 2001. Okay. It feels too recent for there not to be like an official version yeah. that got released. But I guess that just happens. I guess, yeah. It's like, I, I, I expect that from like an 80s film or something. But like this, this feels recent enough that it, it feels like it should have gotten picked up and gotten like mm-hmm. a proper release. I don't know. Yeah, and especially because it's a nice looking film. Yeah. But maybe, I, I guess, I don't know how these things work. If maybe. Not to maybe dunk they... on, on all the anime for, for their <laughs> release. Thank you for releasing it in a, in a format that we could watch. <laughs> but also. Yeah, also, it's just. I, the only thing I could think of is that maybe there just wasn't money in the budget to do kind of a more fine-tuned translation maybe yeah they kind of just they had the literal translation and they kind of went with it and some people some people prefer a more literal translation i yeah i remember that that bat i haven't watched anime in a long time (laughs) but i remember during the heyday there was definitely pushback on the idea of of not just presenting the straight translations of the anime that it was you're ruining the integrity of the anime by by trying to uh, adapt trying linguistic to... differences or or language differences yeah. kikaku means plan <laughs> <laughs> all that kind of kikaku yeah there we go <sighs> yeah so it might might <sighs> just be a result of that yeah. but just just fyi that i i guess our our summation of the film and our thoughts on the film, they are all based on the DVD version. So while I think the general plot points stay the same, there might be some of the specific lines that are a little different mm-hmm. uh, if you end up going to see that uh, YouTube version. Yeah, the, the secret version that we never <laughs> told you about. Don't worry about it, wink. Yeah. Wink. 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 My squeaky wink. squeaky like bob's skin in the guardian code (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's some pre-pod that's some pre-pod where um we got talking about reboot again (laughs) Again. and (laughs) again and brie decided for some reason to send me pictures of how uh bob looks like in the guardian code series and oh my god he looks very squeaky yeah just just that's that's how i would describe him (laughs) so we couldn't have sorry i i had to bring it back in we need to have a little bit of reboot in every episode Uh, this is a thing that i've decided right now this this moment i don't you worry i've got i've got a treat planned for you (laughs) um first though i wanted i just wanted to talk about the ending to uh princess arite just a little bit because i had to gloss over it so much um So, um, to, to get into the ending in a bit more detail, um, we see Box digging around for his crystal in the field, and Ample comes up to him, and she starts talking about how unlikely he is to find his crystal, and even if he does find it, he can't do much with it. And at that point, Arite appears, and she tells Box that there's a different type of magic as well, 
and she encourages him to close his eyes and use his imagination to think about the place he wishes to visit the most. So Box does so, and he thinks back to the seaside that he visited once with his mother when he was a very young boy. So he, he thinks of the sea and of his mother, and he, he smiles at the memory of them together watching this rocket ship launch. <laughs> and he loses himself in the memory, and he catches himself smiling, and he kind of, you know, uh, sort of jolts himself awake once he realizes what he's doing. Um, so Arite asks him, were you standing on that faraway beach again just now? And she ends up, she tells him that, there's a great magic stored in people's hearts and that Box isn't the only person with it, that that same magic is a part of everyone, whether they're mortal or a witch. And so she leaves off on her journey and at the end of the film, we see Box staring down at his hands, much like how Arite did at the beginning of the film, where she was questioning whether or not she could ever learn to become something more than a princess. And... It's just a great little moment that I yeah. wanted to highlight. Yeah, it, it, it just brings it full circle. Mm-hmm. Ar- Arite, she's kind of found herself, and she's, she's realized that, yeah, I can become more, I have become more, and I'm going to become even greater than I am. Yeah. Well, you know, while she goes off on her journey, and she is kind enough to impart or at least try to impart that little bit of wisdom onto Box that, you know, maybe he can also become something more. He might not have his magic anymore, and yeah, now he has to live a human life, but there is still a magic that he can do if he just is willing to try it. Yeah. And while we don't see what happens to Box, the movie ends, I feel like with that shot of him looking at his hands... We are supposed to take it as, like, it's. this is a good ending. That mm-hmm. just like Arite Box will also learn that he has potential for greatness and that it's it's something that exists regardless of him actually being a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was 100% the thought that I had as well. Like, it's like, oh, he, he is also now able to realize, like, he can do things. He doesn't mm. have to just stay in his tower all all alone except for a frog he's turned into a person living in like trash and rats waiting for someone to come help him. He has the power in his own hands to do things. Mhm. And he's maybe he's he's going to finally start improving himself, start doing things for himself. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <sighs> I love I love how Arite, like, she doesn't... This isn't My Little Pony where they actively try and redeem the villains. This is her showing him a bit of kindness. You know, she's not going out of her way to help him become a better person, but she's also not... She's also going to encourage him to do so by himself, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's so like, good. I, I found my way. This is this is what I realized. Yeah. This is what you can do, too. Now it's yeah. up to you. I'm going to go find a giant uh, magic bird. Yeah. And just sort of giant- look at it and be like, why the fuck were you made? And then the movie ends. 
Oh, it's great. So good. It's like the first, the first perilous journey that Box tries to send her on is like, go to the top of this mountain and find the, the golden eagle and retrieve for me its eye. And so she's like, I'm going to go find that eagle now. And he's like, why? Like, I because of the journey I sent you on? And Ample's like, nah. Yeah, just, wants, just to. wants to go see it. I'm like, I would too. Let's go see yeah. a giant freaking eagle that's been flying for that's, a thousand years. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's, that's her first stop. First stop on her journey. She has a little goat friend, and they just yeah. go off together. Yeah. And it ends with her finding it and looking at it and being like, I wonder why someone made you. Like, beyond the fact that you're really, that it's really cool, I wonder why you were made and how you keep going all these years. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's not, like, the object itself, it's like, okay, that is cool. But she, again, she is more interested in who made this? Who is the person behind it? Why did, like, what were their desires? Why did they make this? It's not like so a, oh shit, I found a giant golden bird with ruby eyes. Shit, yeah. that's a cool treasure. It's someone made this. Yeah. With their hands. It's like, that's cool. Oh, so good. <sighs> that's a good, that's a good movie, Christy. Thank you. I, Thank you I'm, for introducing I it to me. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's again this is not this is not a bad movie in the slightest. This nope. is a, just a a good movie to watch in quarantine. If, if that's if you're still in a place where that's happening, watch about a, a trapped little girl who eventually overcomes being trapped and she lives her best life. It's great. Hell, yes. Yeah, no, it's if you ever just need something chill and and just thoughtful and good to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check this check, one out. Check it out if you can find it. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, that seems like a good place to end the episode off, Brie. But yeah. before we go... Yeah, what... I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a glaring omission from our last episode, The Princess and the Pauper, that I need to make right. Uh-oh. Um... So, I mentioned how Serafina is voiced by Kathleen Barr, who voiced Dot Matrix in Reboot. Uh, Uh But I realized I neglected to mention that Serafina's love interest, Wolfie, is voiced by Ian James Corlett. And his his voice had sounded familiar to me, and I had recognized a few things from his IMDb page. So I assumed that's where I knew him from. But I neglected to scroll down far enough on his IMDb page to see that... Uh, he voiced Glitch Bob from Reboot Season <laughs> 3 onwards. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ew, I, I feel so stupid for missing that. But in my, in my defense, in my defense, Ian James Corlett is not the voice I imagined in my head when I think of Bob. No, and also he's like putting on an accent in, in yeah. the, uh, in the Princess and the Pauper film. So, yeah. so I didn't recognize him either. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I feel bad. I feel bad for missing that. It's okay. It's okay. You've corrected yourself now. Yeah. As we all know, uh, the uh, uh, Michael Benier, who was Bob's original voice, is the true voice of Bob. Oh, okay. As shown, 
at the end of my two bobs. Um, <laughs> so I had to, I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up both because it's a fun uh, meta thing now in Princess and the Popper that characters voiced by Bob and Dot end up together as a couple. Oh. Um, but also because it shows that I would probably also be tricked into marriage with Megabyte. Because <laughs> <laughs> I chose the, r- the wrong bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> oh. Yeah, so there we go. There we go. <laughs> and with that... Uh, if you would like uh. to check out, uh, clips, uh, we'll be posting those, uh, if you would like to check out clips from this movie and others, we'll be posting those on Twitter at BadPrincessMOV. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you could feel free to email us at BadPrincessMovies at gmail.com. And we also have the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, which you can find at the website, badprincessmovies.com so feel free to check any of those out and also go watch Reboot and this movie yes both of them yeah they're probably all on YouTube probably (laughs) I think they are actually (laughs) I may have started watching episodes of Reboot on YouTube even though I have the DVDs (laughs) (laughs) it's so much more convenient if it's just you know there it is it is but that said, I mean, it's if I were to go and pull out my DVDs, I would be able to see my my lovely autograph that I received from the true voice of Bob, uh, Michael Benier. <laughs> I got him to sign my DVDs, Stay Frosty. Oh, that, yeah. That is the best Bob quote. Prove me wrong. I can't. Thank That's you. That's just I true. It. I'm looking at my Art of Reboot right now, and I'm pretty sure it's also signed, but it's over on my ta- on my shelves, so I'll have to oh, check it for awesome. next time. I'll have to compare autographs. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for, co- th- uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to our podcast. <laughs> thanks. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. See you next time! Reboot! Beep beep. <laughs> <laughs>